Welcome to Bible of the Brews. Deep thoughts fermented over time and text. Here we go tonight. I'm Aaron Cruz Baverka. We've got Gumby. Hey, what's up? We've got Mike. Howdy. And we've got Chris. Yo. <laughs> tonight we're going to be featuring an overview of the supernatural world the Bible of the Old Testament. But first, we're going to be touching on some suds. We've got Rheingeist Bubbles. It's a bright, dry, and life rosé ale with apple, peach, and cranberry for tartness and blush. Bubbles erupts with effervescence and evanescence. It's an ABV of 6.2 and an IBU of 0. And who do we thank tonight for this one? This is courtesy of my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> a drink to there that. You go. There you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers! We're starting off on a good foot. <laughs> um, there's another Kona glass in that box if you want, because oh, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm making a big deal about Kona tonight. All right, <laughs> that is one of our featured beers of the night. Well, then I'll wait for I'll wait for that one. Okay. I'll wait for the Kona too. Yep. Really got me in the stomach with that, Mike. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Shock value. Oh, man, that really is a rosé, too. Yeah, it's, it looks it's, like champagne. It does. It does have a, a wine smell to it a bit. Oh, wow, it's actually tickling my nose. <laughs> so it's a watered-down wine at uh, 6.2. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it's tart. Very tart. Very tart. <laughs> I, I, this must be a crab apple. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's kind of refreshing. Like yeah. It's very reminiscent of a, a champagne, a sparkling wine. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. I like it. It's good. It's, uh, but if you're not expecting that punch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that tart. Very good. There's enough body for me. Yeah. I'm impressed, actually. I was yeah. I was thinking, no way. It's going to be too fruity. A little feminine. Cans pink. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And, and then, but it's actually, yeah, I could sit this, sit this in the yeah, backyard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 It's good. <laughs> I guess that's what it, the, the the pink came from. It was definitely a female that brought it in at, at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it caught her. It caught so her to eye, your point. It caught her eye in the supermarket. And, uh, yeah, I guess it's a Cincinnati. It hails from Cincinnati. Awesome. You know, it's good. I've had Rheingeist in the past. Uh, usually, they're IPAs. They're very well known for their IPAs. So, uh, but Chris, how do we know each other? Um, well, we're family. Yes, so we are. There's a short uh, answer to that. Um, to be more specific, your sister was married to my brother uh, once upon a time. This is no quite true. Um, but I met you, uh, I think, when I was around 14 years old. And I'm 37 now, so we've known each other for, for quite some time. Quite uh, some time. A lot, a lot of stories, a lot of history, and uh, happy to be here. Cool. Excellent. Glad to have you. Yep. Thank you. Chris is our skeptic of the night. Right. And I'm uh, on my own island. Yeah. <laughs> right. Three v one. And fittingly, they're surrounding me. <laughs> there's a light directly over his head. That's how we work, man. That's how we work. I feel like it's stacked. I'm not sure though. 
<laughs> Change of plans. We have a new topic we didn't tell you about. <laughs> a conversion. Actually, you ever heard of that? That would probably help me at this point. <laughs> Supernatural what? I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm just going to be listening. I'm pretty sure. An opinion on... That actually sounds know. accurate, guys. It's <laughs> 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 <That's> plausible. <laughs> we were talking about separate universes. You guys so, have known each other since 14? I was born. I'm sorry. Not to... Not to the spotlight, yeah. Oh, I was look good for your age, man. Well, thank you. Aaron thank was you. 30. You were 14. <laughs> I wasn't far from that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, actually, as, as part of that uh, that meeting, and, and only because it's full circle at this point, um, he had a uh, BMW. It was a 325 uh, 531IS. 531. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. And we... Uh, um, in an unverified state, uh, we went driving. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Neither confirm um, nor deny. But uh, yeah, at, at this point, it's funny because I I have a BMW now, so it's kind of uh, like a kinship of you know it was, you know, full circle. Yeah. Okay. And my son. Yeah, and your son. That's so I do love Beamers. Don't deny it. Who doesn't? Welcome to Driving Machine, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's been a long time. A lot of good conversations. Yeah. A lot of fun nights. <laughs> so more to come. Of course. Has the topic of religion ever come up between you two? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Plenty of times. More than the recent past 10 years. I mean, like, early on, was it? Mine kind of evolved over time. Okay. So, Yeah. I know um, my brother and uh, his sister were uh, in the Jehovah's Witness, mm-hmm. so it was a very hit you over the head. This is how it is. Listen to me. So I, I kind of that's really where I started. I, I didn't have an opinion. I still don't really have an opinion, but that's definitely where I built a wall. Like there's some crazy stuff going on on the other side of this wall, you know. Uh, and I, I, I don't want to fall victim to it because it seems very cultish. Is and then that's not really the right word, um, but it, nothing resonated with me. Okay. It was always it was always faith. It's uh, no matter how or what topic, it all boils down to faith. And if it's faith, it's not fact. And that's how I look at it. So. That's why I would have loved to have had you on for uh, one of our other podcast because I actually brought in scientific proof not faith uh, okay and I mean uh, what am I supposed to say to that you have scientific fact of if, oh, if, if it were actually scientific fact uh-huh. then there would be no more argument it would just be like oh well, well it's true I guess you know yeah. gravity does exist yeah. Okay, we're all we're all aboard now. Well, so for you to say that it's scientific fact, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I think it fits the model of what you believe, uh-huh. but it's not necessarily. So fact. what if I were to say that it's literally etched in stone? I don't know what we're talking about. No, I, I'm just, you know, this is kind of where my position is, so everyone's yeah. familiar with it, but yeah. I don't know exactly what, what you're Good. referring then to. Then I'll but. bring you into the next Marion ep- uh, Apparitions episode. <laughs> okay. okay. Because those are actually verified through 
than science, secular scientific facts. So that's why they're fun. Okay. So on the next episode of Family Feud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, again, it, that's what makes it fun is that it's it's literally verified fact. So that's not this episode though. So kind of on a separate <laughs> issue though, are you guys able to talk about this in front of other family? Is it is there a safe place to do it or I'm not sure what you uh, mean. Uh, uh, <laughs> around other family events, like if you got other family around, is this topic ever come up or is it like a, just something you guys don't talk about probably less yeah yeah i, I mean and this is again this is my opinion it would seem that um um aaron can i use your name aaron oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um is is more um more disposed, I guess, to bringing the topic up. Me personally, it's not something I identify with. So why would I look? Hey, what about the? You know, it's not like, hey, how about those Indians? You know, right. I mean, it's just it's a it's a completely foreign topic that I don't. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. not really. I see what you mean. But but yeah. we'll have you know we'll have dialogue and uh, yeah, you know I don't think it ever. Uh, at least in my mind, if it, oh oh he's wrong or I'm right, it, I don't. It's just ideas, you know. So. It just doesn't really matter to you. It really doesn't. No. Yeah, it hurts. I, I, so, so just just to uh, <laughs> just to clarify this, and 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 um, uh, you know, when when people ask you, you know, like what what religion do you identify with? So I know your your Catholicism yep. and uh, Protestant. Is that yeah? Okay, yeah. and Christian. Okay. Um. So, well, what does that make me if I'm a if I'm a skeptic or a non-believer? So the uh, the word atheist, I think, is completely abused. I don't think people really understand what that means. What I am is an agnostic, right? Mm -hmm. But it would go so another step further. I'm a sympathetic agnostic. So I can't say that there's enough evidence or, uh, I don't know, writings. or I, I, Nothing has convinced me to this point that... Um, uh, God exists or doesn't exist. I don't know. But I'm willing to leave room for it, I guess. So that's where the sympathetic then comes in. You yeah. Know? So I would never have a hard stance on you're wrong or you're right. Um, you know, it's an idea. Hey, it would be great if all of this were true, you know. <laughs> I wish I could, you know, just wake up and forget uh, the thoughts in my head and just march forward as if this was real or fact you know and i and i don't mean any disrespect saying that oh no no but uh that's you know. this guy. i'm offended <laughs> i don't mean real in the sense that it's real <laughs> just you know what i mean <laughs> i hear what you're saying uh, so two things i picked up on first thing was i appreciate the fact and i can relate to that i don't often like even other uh denominations of christianity or other religions major religions I don't know. That's not the first thing that I look at at other people. It's actually one thing I actually don't really care about other people. Yeah, if they're Muslim, mm -hmm. if you know, if they're Buddhist, whatever. If the many denominations under the Protestant branch, it, you know, that's that's not something that I'm looking for. If ever a new relationship is sparking up, or if I'm engaged with a person in a talk, so it's not it's not predicated on that for me. Okay. Right. Yeah, so I, I do appreciate that. The other thing is that you, you remind me a lot of, uh, you ever heard of that 
I just saw him on the Joe Rogan show, the Brian Cox. Are you familiar with that interview? No. Well, he's a very famous uh, physicist. I'm not familiar. And he he pretty much holds the same views that you do. I believe so, yeah. And one of the things he says, you know, Okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Yeah. With uh, you'd really appreciate that interview. It's actually really good. Okay. But one of the things he says too is, you know, I, there's just a lot of things we don't know. He says, but one of the things we do know is that with the Big Bang, there's a lot of order to it. It has order. We don't know why. And I'll stop there. <laughs> and so I, you sure. know, it kind of reminds me of that. So I, I completely agree. He's like. And if, if, if things were ordered just a little bit a different way, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, either way. Yeah, agreed. And so it baffles them. And, you know, what I appreciate is that he's on a journey to keep figuring that out. Yes. So that's And really I, cool. I think that's the fundamental point um, of, um, you know, uh, just scrapping right from wrong. Mm-hmm. I think we're all still trying to figure it out. So when, when, uh, what I feel like in, in my viewpoint is when someone is, this is the way it is, I'm done listening. I'm, I, I, there's nothing I can say. It, there's no reasoning. Your mind is made up. Your mind is closed. I'm moving on. You know? yeah. and, and I think that's, um, that kind of, uh, that area is where all the negative aspects of religion in, in general lie. That, that closed-minded, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah, this is where the wars are born. I would agree. I would agree. I would just add that um, usually the way the world works is a paradox in a lot of ways. You know, stuff that turns upside down. What you want to do is typically what you shouldn't do. You know, like working out, broccoli, all that kind of. You know, and that's a simplistic view of it. But um, I, I do think there are decisions, things, some stuff seems logical to us. Unless we give it a chance, like a relationship, you know, and that's the one thing that that's like, I can't tell you to have a relationship, but if you reached out, like, like your relationship with Aaron, you know, if you didn't reach out in some way or weren't connected to some way, you wouldn't know Aaron would would exist in a way you could argue that. So that's my only thing is like, I can never tell you. I had a friend when I was, um, I was, I don't know if I was atheist or agnostic or whatnot, but I didn't always believe. And uh, one time he said, well, have you ever just tried to believe? And I thought that was absurd. <laughs> okay. okay. And, but uh, then once I did start to experience relationship, I was like, I can see how, you know, just trying sort of not to force it. It sounds weird, but um, it's interesting to look back at that. So that's all. I would just go yeah. in that. Okay. Yeah. And for me, it was this long, long, hard journey. You know, especially with my past, right? Long, hard journey. But um, I would say that I would say it was definitely more, definitely more the journey along first trying to figure it out. Then it was very philosophical, very, very philosophical. Based was going to make that sense because you know, it's kind of like your great, your great philosophers, right? Even Aristotle was. Great arguments, uh, both for and against the supernatural. Um, Einstein, even being a deist, right? So, um, 
it was much, much later that I was like, there has to be more. And I started in creationism, right? Found out after a while that it just wasn't quite for me. <laughs> um, but there is a uh, there is a fabric to the universe that is hard to explain from a completely it's an accident kind of mindset. So I, I would say that at this point, hard evidence, especially with the things like memory apparitions and stuff, the evidence has definitely manifested itself for me at this point. You know, even outside of just scripture and prophecy. So, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I didn't hijack the direction of the, the show. Or no, not at you all. You gotta retitle it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good character building. Yeah. Like, no. I'm still liking this beer. So I do, me it, too. I'm it's very, good. You, you call it a beer. It's I'm, punchy. I'm still contending. It's a weak <laughs> champagne. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and they call it an ale. Which is a rosé ale. Yeah. A champagne by any other name. <laughs> I can't remember the difference. And I know you have a great book on this. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's been so long since I went through it. But there is there's a definitive difference between a lager and an ale. There is. I wish I had perfect recall right now because I'd love to. You know, blah, 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 blah. Well, and the way they toast the oats, that's how, that's one of the biggest differences between, like, say, a lager and a porter is, is, is how toasty your, your, your oats and your hops are, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> not sure if that was an insult, but. <laughs> Let us dive a little bit into the supernatural realm of the Old Testament. Right, so so a little backgrounding. I actually taught this today for uh, the PSR class because I'm now teaching the our parish's official Bible study PSR class on Sunday mornings. All right. All right. Shameless plug. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so over at Mary Queen of Peace, and it, it is an official PSR class. Um, Might as well tell the, the date and time of it. You know, every <laughs> Sunday, nine thirty. So, <laughs> please visit our Patreon page. <laughs> you can also give at uh, Anchor.fm forward slash Bible of the Bruce. <laughs> yes. Got it out there. All right, all right. Um, but yeah, so it's it's pretty cool, and it was uh, it was well received. I had, uh, I mean, it was. A, you know, about seven people in class this morning, which for the first morning is actually pretty good. Um, and I, I tried to roundtable a lot of it into a discussionary type format, right? Because I do enjoy that kind of atmosphere where it's not just me teaching. I want to hear input. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, <laughs> they were kind of blown away, really, by, uh, by the ideas of, wait, there's gods in the Old Testament? I was like, yeah. They're like, Plural? I was like, yeah. <laughs> you should have seen the head scratching on that. Oh, boy. I can't imagine. That's, really? I'm surprised by that. You were surprised they were surprised? Yeah, by Catholic doctrine. Surprised you were surprised they were surprised. <laughs> the Apocrypha and... But remember that they're still coming from a very traditionalist background. Even even among Catholics, they don't because they don't think of the other spirits of the Old Testament under the term gods. And that's when I had to explain okay. that Elohim is a place designator. It's not really a name. I see. I would so. also argue that when I was Catholic and going through classes and things like that, um, they didn't touch on the Old Testament very much. It was strictly New Testament. Yeah. 
I would second that. In fact, I came up uh, Catholic myself, and I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but uh, yes, it was it was um, wow. It was almost a, a an active forget about the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about the New Testament now. Right, and yeah. it wasn't even really encouraged to venture off on your own discovery. Agreed. It was follow me. Yeah, yep. I agree. Yeah, and it's uh, it's so cradle taken back by that accent. <laughs> yeah, so today I learned it's like <laughs> I don't want to say that people are ignorant of things because they're they're really not, but they're brought up in a specific kind of genre. Uh, Catholicism has its own ideas behind what should be taught. Um, and one of those ideas is the New Testament is the New Covenant, right? And so complete emphasis is put on the New Covenant. Very little is actually put on the Old Covenant. Very little is actually gone over. Now, that being said, one really cool thing that most Catholics don't realize is how much of the Bible they're actually learning. And I've, I've tested a few and, and, and shown them, a couple of my close friends, and I was like, well, what do you think about this? And he's like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would name off like five things right away. I'm like, see, you actually do know the Old Testament. And then, um, and then quickly, quickly they realized that they did. But it was through liturgical, um, it was through liturgical uh, services and masses that they learned. So it was, it was really cool that people didn't know that they were actually learning the Bible. So it's pretty sweet. Cool. What? <laughs> <laughs> so with this new insight that I've gained and from from you guys, it and then according to your teachings, that you know how it went this morning, is it a return to the roots of how it should be taught? Um, I would put it more along the lines of you're learning something that's not normally taught. And that's why I specifically wanted to round out. And we are using the Jeff Caven system. Uh, unfortunately, the oh, yes. the back. <laughs> unfortunately, the the back order is taking longer than we thought it was going to take, and so we're waiting for the system to come in. So I pulled from uh, the USCCB. I pulled from Jimmy Akins, and I pulled from a little bit of Dr. Heiser to background the supernatural of the Old Testament. Until we get the materials in. It came up for air. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I glossed over halfway through it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. Um, what? Uh, and maybe you, you uh, covered this. I didn't hear. Uh, what? What are the age groups? So it's it's high school and adult. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're it's not kids. <laughs> so we can say things a little more on the adult level. Mm-hmm. We don't have to say things like, you know, well, that's their that's their buttocks or their tushy. We could actually, you know, we can we can use more adult language with them. <laughs> I mean, you're bringing Michael Heiser into Catholic. You know, I, I do think there's people would get somewhat uh, locked up there. You know, they would say, well, you know, wait, wait, we haven't vetted this yet. You know, what I mean. Well, so. I mean, the cool thing is, is that the actual. Uh, educational instructor, he he's letting me kind of run with yeah, it. That is cool. That's so, very modern. yeah, he's kind of letting me run with it. And the good thing is, is that I'm not, I'm not trying to 
it it all circles back around to proper Catholic dogma. It really does. Um, it does. It does. It it does circle back around to proper to proper Catholic dogma. The, the, the thing Catholic is, <laughs> the thing is, is that most people don't realize how we got to proper Catholic dogma, and you have to go over the supernatural realm of the Old Testament in order to find out why you believe what you believe in the Catholic Church. The, uh, the, the, the ancient fathers of the Church understood it, and that's why we are here and now, and we have the doctrines that we have now. But most people don't understand how we got here. And You're so injecting orthodoxy back into the Catholicism. It's already there. It's already there. <laughs> That's why you're educating <laughs> yeah. them back on that part. But. So, well, it, it, the trouble is is that most, like most Protestant branches, most cradle Catholics actually don't understand why we believe what we believe. Mm. So, yeah. So let me ask you this, Chris. Did your Catholic upbringing... Did it some? Uh, how did it affect you becoming agnostic, or did it affect you becoming agnostic? Ooh, that's or, a good question. You know, <clears throat> to be honest, I'm not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna tread in terrible water. Um, it's okay. Dog, I don't know. I don't know paddle. if it was really um, the religion itself. Now, I I do remember seeing some hypocrisy. Um, because it's just very hard lines, you know, uh, in in any of the. Uh, you know the the parish itself. Oh, you know you can't behave this way, or you, it has to be this way specifically. But I think the more general turnoff for that religion was really my parents. <laughs> they were, you know, they they ran the house that way, and it was um, kind of an unforgiving place. Um, and I, you know, it's probably a little too strong, um, but. I knew it was something that I no longer wanted to identify with, and there was a very specific thing uh, when it was time for my confirmation. Mm. I said, well, you know, if this is supposed to be a, a sacrament that I specifically am accepting God, then I do not. And I was forced to do it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And that's when I was like, this is, it's hypocritical. This, yeah. So it, makes sense. It, it had less to do with doctrine or stuff that, like Aaron teaches, and more to do with the fact that it was just forced down your throat. You didn't really have an, a chance. Uh, you, yeah, you I had would, to. I would agree with that, and I didn't form any opinion on it until much later in life. So are you going to sign up for Aaron's class? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. But that being said, I would never talk Aaron out of doing it. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know. Touche. <laughs> yeah well let's do some of that backgrounding <laughs> so like this is actually comes from james aiken he's he was believe it or not he was a a protestant um and he <laughs> he has a funny story he tried to talk his catholic uh girlfriend and then fiance future wife out of being Catholic because he was a hardcore Protestant. He was actually in seminary to be a pastor of a church and pretty close to graduating. Attaboy. <laughs> the trouble is, is that the more he tried to prove that the Catholics were wrong, the more he found out they were right. And so he ended up becoming a Catholic apologist. So 
He could he could not prove that Catholicism was wrong because the deeper he went, the deeper he found out it was actually in the Bible, and everything was actually in the Bible. And like he tried to turn things around, like you know, well, purgatory completely made up by the Catholics. Nope, it's not. There's references to it in the Bible, and it's actually Jewish. <laughs> so, so and so there's everything he tried to prove wrong. He found in the Bible. And so he, they found out that he couldn't prove any of it wrong. And so he became who he is now. Now he's like the chief apologist for Catholic answers. So, so he wrote this, and, and I'm going to be referencing this across those classes I have. So I only have like the first couple paragraphs of this one. Uh, and then we're going to continue to use it throughout the, uh, the quote-unquote school year. Um, Jews and Christians are monotheists, meaning that they believe in one God. But there are two kinds of monotheism, which we may call monarchian and solitary. Monarchian monotheism is the belief in one God who oversees a heavenly hierarchy of celestial but non-divine beings, such as angels or saints. While solitary monotheism is the belief in one God without a heavenly hierarchy. Philosophical deism, the kind of uh, belief possessed by those who assert that there is a God, but that he has very little to do with the world, usually teaches solitary monotheism. But biblical theism, the kind of belief possessed by historic Jews and Christians, is definitely monarchian. Thoughts? Go ahead. <laughs> you got this, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> what a verse this is. Let's remember last time. No, I, I definitely... Yeah, this is coming back to, you know, big G, little G type and within historical context of after those how they write histories and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested in... Well, that, I mean, I guess the easiest way to explain it is that, like, Einstein. Einstein was a deist, right? He believed... In the same God as, like, say, Spinoza, you know, the famous, you know, writer. He believed that there was an ultimate cosmic entity that controlled everything. However, he did not believe that it was a personal God. He believed that it was something that was the intrinsic cosmic force behind the universe. Can I interject? Is that yeah, like yeah. an active role or just kind of a passive? No, passive. Okay. Yeah, where he kind of, like, put everything into motion and then step back. I can kind of get behind that actually. Order. Yeah. 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 To your earlier point, sure. Yeah. yeah. More or less, Big Bang, now watch. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. that thing. Yeah. I've heard some people describe it as energy. Mm. Like an energy force. Yeah. Well, Michio Kaku, who I, I, I love listening to because he's, he's so entertaining. Um, <laughs> a string theory is his big thing. And he's, he's just fun to listen to. I love that guy. Um, and he's, he's quite animated as he speaks, too. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's so much fun. <laughs> right? um, and he believes along the same lines. He's, I guess you could call him a deist, right? And he believes in, in string theory and that he believes that God is those cosmic strings in the background. The kind of, he pulls them, but it's like the music of the universe. And that God is not really so much a, uh, a personal God, but... He that interjects the energy which keeps everything flowing through the universe. So, and that may be true. I would disagree. It, it has but... the potential to be true, though, because it hasn't been disproven or proven, right? Yeah. So, when, I mean, when we talk about these, um, uh, I don't know, like um, miracles or, or just like these these um, interventions, somehow mm-hmm. that oh, I believe this was 
it could certainly fit in that explanation, I think. And, and I respect the opinion. Again, I would defer back to uh, Marian apparitions as one of those that are provably, you know, scientifically sound. That's why I'll I'll bring yeah. you I'll bring you I, in for I that one. I'll bring I'll bring you in for that. I'll bring because... you in for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a fun one. Yes. And uh, I only did the first five. There's like sixteen approved. I only did the first five. It's two hours to do five. So I remember a few months ago, we were, we were, we were I saw a, a presentation, right? <laughs> and I quietly watching. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually, I actually have now some of those papers to show the evidence for them. So it's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. But so, and then whereas so, whereas Jews and Christians do believe in like more of the personal God. Um, and what's interesting is a good example of the monarchian comes from 1 Kings twenty two nineteen. That's when uh, uh, Micaiah continued, Therefore, hear the word of Yahweh. I saw Yahweh sitting on his throne with all the host of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left. And Yahweh said, He who entice Ahab into attacking Ramoth Gilead, going into his death there. One suggested this, and another that. Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before Yahweh, and said, I will entice him. By what means? Yahweh asked. I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouths of all his prophets. He said, You will succeed. And in enticing him, said Yahweh, Go and do it. So now Yahweh has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all those prophets of yours. Yahweh has decreed disaster for you. What? <laughs> so what's really interesting is that in this passage there is a divine counsel and that he literally there you go he literally <laughs> um is taking ideas from the other spirits on the council never sat well with me i shared <laughs> my opinion on that but I'm still trying to figure out, was that supposed to be Old English or Australian? <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery. Oh, Chad. This is your moment of conversion. You missed it, buddy. Crikey. <laughs> you know, I'm, I remember where I'm supposed to be. I don't know. It's not quite speaking in tongues, but that's <laughs> To become. Yeah, I, I mean, Adam, do you have any insight on the, what would um, someone, an expert in literature say? Is, is there... You know how certain parts of the Bible were written for poetic things. I think that sounds to me like it was something humanized in a way that we can understand, like maybe the way God's brain works in a way. I, I don't think He's taken and considering other ideas. You know, an all-knowing being. That just doesn't, yeah. that doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where I won't say that. You know, it's not true or it is true. I, I don't know, but. It, the idea just never sat well with me. And I think that's partly because of how I grew up with the way I was taught of yeah. the concept of only being one God. But when you when you you have that idea of Elohim in there, if I was raised with that kind of teaching, like th this concept wouldn't be that foreign to me, I bet. It would be it would be more in my mindset. Yeah, you could apply that logic to just about anything. So, yeah. but I, I would agree. An expert in literature would probably say that's beautiful literature. Was that literature? The, right. Was that the story of Job, or was that just a similar? That was actually from Kings. So that happens during the okay. 
you know, the reigns of the kings. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. Job is another example of where, you know, God was approached, asked for permission to go tempt yeah. Job. I, and by the bad man That's himself. in the slides. Oh, wait, <laughs> that's okay. Oh, and, that was good. Uh, oh, but Job is it. one of those stories that's like, it means a ton to me. I, I've yeah. learned a lot from it. I mean, it's so, so many layers of that. I mean, the peel, and I, I really feel like, whether it's literal or not, I can't say, but it educates me to the yeah. roof as far as like how I have perspective on life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I agree with that. You know, so you on the? You oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, so are, are you on the the bandwagon of like Lucifer might, might not be a bad guy, or? <laughs> I okay. Well, I don't know how hot button it is or not, but I believe God created everything whether it's evil or not and he knew it before he created it we have a freemason <laughs> freaking calvinist <laughs> if and i you know i may be completely off base here but from what it sounds is these two disagree so that means there's more people on my side right now <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's funny on the, the story of job i remember having this I, I won't say with who, but someone I love very much, and we've been married almost 20 years. <laughs> but I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> and we were talking about the idea, and I was definitely way more of a literalist at the time. Mm -hmm. And a story of Job came up. And I'm reading through it, and she's like, yeah, I just don't believe in that. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's that mm -hmm. concept of once you pull that rug out from under someone, and you don't give them somewhere else to safely land on, conceptually, ideologically, whatever. You, you, it's a fight or flight moment. Yeah. And I wanted to fight. I'm like, how can you say that? That's not true. It is what it is. The word of God. <laughs> right? Yeah. And she, I just don't think it was meant to be that way. Mm. You know, and it was kind of that. It doesn't mean that there aren't truths you can't pull from it. Right. Or, you know, great ideals you can't pull from it. Or things you don't want to do. You know, I, lessons. Um, but it just never, it never occurred to her that it was actual. Huh. Yeah. I just don't think it's possible to capture something actual to an infinite being. You can't bring it in. So I think it's whatever absorbable yes. there. So is that a good segue to the Yeah, next? I, I would <laughs> say from, <laughs> from a... Uh, from a Catholic perspective, uh, but a Jewish one as well. I will say that Job actually falls into the poetical books. So yeah. I would never classify it as, um, as I mean, when I was a kid I did, but I didn't realize it was in poeticals. <laughs> but uh, as a poetical, I would say that it's probably based more along the lines of polemic than mm -hmm. around along reality. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on to fire. <laughs> so if you're on the live broadcast look how cool this is <laughs> so this is a cool bottle opener brought by chris who is a pilot Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a bottle opener shaped like an airplane the new addition to the man cave that shall be cherished forever yes. I'm, I'm sure there's some wall space i can hang on <laughs> and he also brought kona fire rock yes this is more impressive. <laughs> so this Fire Rock Pale Ale is crisp, refreshing Hawaiian-style pale ale. Its signature copper color results from the unique blend of specialty roasted malts. The pronounced citrus floral hop aroma comes from the liberal amounts of Galena, Cascade, and Mount Hood hops 
edit each brew. It is an ABV of 5.9 and IBU of 35. Let me uh, pass these out. I'm not drinking it because you said liberal one. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, sir. My pleasure. So yeah, on, uh, on, on kind of a side note in general, um, Kona is kind of kind of a, a hard um, beer to get in Ohio, um, but I have yet to find one that isn't good. And I am not a fan of IPAs, but even their IPAs, um, you know, they're they can hold up, I guess. Um, very great brewery. I, I hope to one day go to Hawaii and, and actually visit the brewery and uh, you know stay there for the week, I guess, because. Yeah, that's where the action is, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoys it very much. It's got a beautiful yeah. caramel color. Yeah, it has. It's the the scent. The nose is actually subtle. Yeah, it's a very subtle. There's a fragrance there. It's almost flowery. This is this an IPA? No, it's a pale ale. Oh. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Again. You have a fantastic book on this, and if I can pull it, I do. I've never just... had non-India pale ale. Yeah, yeah. It is way less hoppy than I expected. Yeah. Well, it's the Indian pale ales that definitely are more sharp. Mm-hmm. But this is, yeah, this is very incredibly smooth. Very smooth. And, and it does have that the flowery after notes on it. Right. It's a malt guy. Yeah. Would you call me? <laughs> and a, and Chris is a guy who knows his beers quite well, so. Well, I drink enough of them, I think. <laughs> this tastes just like a Malta. Malta? Spanish. Oh, I love Malta. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, Malta's yeah, delicious. Except with alcohol. There's two other beers. Um, that just I, a little bit. That I found <laughs> that are somewhat similar to it. Um, one is like a Boone's or something. It's, I don't know. It's got a, a bear, and I believe it has a fish in its mouth. In like the Alaskan wilderness, I f- it was a it was a single bottle at Giant Eagle one day. Mm-hmm. I, I found I was like I'll try it and it tasted very very similar to this. And um, uh, Bell's Smitten, which is a newer, mm. um, it's not nearly as smooth, but it has the same kind of idea. It's also a pale ale. Yeah, I I, I do uh, taste that that Malta type flavor. You yeah. could tell that. There's definitely some kind of, almost like a caramel type um, malt mm-hmm. or notes to it. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. it. It's yeah. delicious. The first couple yeah. sips, yeah. I thought, wow, you know, it's, I'm sensitive to hops. I don't like a ton of hops in my beer. This accumulates hops. The more like I finished mm. about a glass and and it's starting to get hoppy. So it, don't be afraid that it's not an Indian pale ale. Yeah. You know, it's still you'll get your. Don't worry, we'll make a man out of you yet. I, I, well, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm actually, I don't like hoppy beers. I don't like IPAs either, but I can drink this all day. You know, within reason. That's why it doesn't matter. <laughs> I do, in fact. <laughs> Not when I'm flying. <laughs> well, maybe so. We'll see. <laughs> if we got you on some good IPAs, then we might get you into mixed martial arts. <laughs> so, but yeah, great beer. Great flavor. I guess I'll be finishing here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, back into the subject matter. And uh, uh, Mike had to step out, so we're going to actually ask Kendra to step in and take his place. Ah, Come on, support. Come on down. Hot seat. Bum, 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 bum. 
Here's the fun part about this. Here's the fun part. Uh, she actually joined me for the Bible lesson today, so she has some backgrounding on this. Ooh, Here, here's a, here's sorry, Kendra. Glass. Is, is there still some left in that? You should try that. I think you would like it. I think you would like that, too. It's pretty smooth. I like that. <laughs> Which can be dangerous. Yeah. Yes. Quite. So, the cool thing about the, the background on this, and as far as divine counsel goes, it appears, like, everywhere. Now, the term Elohim, <laughs> the term Elohim is, is a, like a place designator. And that's where people get messed up. Because if you go to the Bible, like Psalm 82, for example, it will tell you that God stands in the council of the gods. And that messes people up, uh, especially people like Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> it messes them up. And they'll actually alter the translation a little bit so it doesn't say that. But, but it literally says, like, it'll say L stands in the council of Elohim. Well, that's singular and then plural, right? And plural can also be singular in context, kind of like sheep, right? If I say sheep, how many is there? Undetermined. Exactly. Until I say a sheep or many sheep. Or if I say deer, how many? Uh, yeah, right. So that's what Elohim is kind of the same way. So Elohim can mean a thousand or one, right? So it's it's all contextual based on on where it stands inside the the sentence or or the paragraph, right? So well, it says again in there that El stands among the Elohim. So contextually, you have to have one and then many because of grammar, right? It's boring, but it's great. <laughs> okay. And, and, and this is all based on a translation also, correct? Well, we're talking about Hebrew. So we're not talking about a translation. So if you go into a translation, it'll say, God stands among the gods. So. Okay. <laughs> but the Hebrew, that's before translations. That's where you have El among the Elohim. So. Okay. It kind of makes sense to me for this reason. I mean, because... Uh, culture at that time, you know, so surrounding that area, um, they all had their gods. Yeah. So all of their gods competed against other gods because they wanted theirs to be the strongest, the biggest, the baddest, the tallest, the wealthiest, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, so I, I get the language. Yeah. You know, the question I have is, you know, like, does that make it actual? <laughs> you know, because they were doing the same things, the cultures all around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? You know, like absolutely. Or, yeah. you know, uh, Baal, Thor at some point. <laughs> A little later, but yes. Right. Oh, yeah. So, you know, everyone wanted their gods to be the biggest god. and Yeah. Why? When what's funny is that if, if so since you're since you're referencing this and I did reference this across the lessons, mm -hmm. the first like eleven chapters of Genesis are actually the common mythos or, or the, the common tales of the Mesopotamian people. It, they're not Jewish. They're not Hebrew. Um, they also belong to the Sumerians and the Akkadians and the Ugaritics, um, the Phoenicians. Yeah. It, it's the same stories, right? So it's it. They're the common tales of the right. people, 
they alter a little bit. That's why you get your polemics, right? You put your spin on them, but they are the common tales of the people. Um, does that make them right or wrong? Now, here's the weird thing. It actually verifies them, I think, more because that means that everybody has the same stories. If everybody has the same stories, that actually says there's probably some kind of truth there. Just me, but the fact that everybody in that whole area has the same stories, that means something happened where all of them share the same tales. Yeah, I, okay. see, I, see, I, I see that argument. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> kind of backtrack to the, the beginning of this, um, where, where we're you know, talking about the literature of it. Yep. Um, there was something uh, kind of profound to me. I never really put it together. Um, it was actually on a, a Joe Rogan podcast All right. with uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Right? Nice. Love and it. And he used the word fishes. He doesn't. I do. <laughs> he used the word fishes. All right. It's like fishes. Fish, right? He said, no, because it's multiple species of fish. It's not just one species of a lot of fish. So it's fishes. All right. Like, wow. I'm, I didn't know that. That was, that was pretty illuminating. So you're saying. I hadn't thought of that. Follow me down this rabbit hole. But you're saying uh, the god, I'm sorry, among gods, something like yeah. that, or however it was phrased, I apologize. Um, maybe that's more of, well, we're all talking about this one thing, even though you may call it something and I may call it something, and, and we have different names for the exact same thing. Maybe that's what it's referring to. And that, and that does play a factor. Um, the difference is is that, well, for let's take Greek, for example. He said Thor. Um, if you look at Grecian um, ideas of the cosmic realm, right? Um, it, it does share that there is Mount Olympus, right? And one of the common themes among all the ancient cultures is that the gods are on the mountains, right? That is a very common theme among all the ancient cultures. Sure, the highest thing. Yeah, right. Of but the very weird thing about that is that nobody, number one, nobody knows really how old Grecian. Uh, theology is. No one knows how, how long it goes back. There are references to it in the Bible. Kind of weird. Well, I'm not going to go there tonight because that's a whole tailspin we can go. <laughs> Old Testament and New Testament. There's actually references to it. Um, but on top of that, on top of that, they also have their creation tales. But in their creation tales, the origination already existed. And the gods came out of some kind of origination. So most tales actually don't tell you the origination of the gods, which is fascinating until you get over to what we call our Old Testament, right? The gods do have an origination. There is Yahweh Elohim that created the Elohim. There is the creator God that created the gods. And that's what's really interesting. And, and, and I, everybody, like every Christian denomination, even Catholics and Orthodox, they all take offense at this, right? Because you're saying the word God for lesser beings. Again, it refers back to Elohim, and Elohim is not the place designated that we put it on. The, when we say God, we denote attributes and characteristics to it. But Elohim doesn't have those attributes and characteristics, we apply it because of our modern ideologies of what that word means. That's not bad. It just means that we built that up so we can understand what it means. But if the word actually comes from the Germanic language, 
It's not Hebrew or Greek. It actually comes from Germany. <laughs> Gott actually means a spirit that you invoke. It's actually a pagan term. <laughs> so. <laughs> but the term Elohim is a place designator for a disembodied spirit in the spirit realm. So it doesn't have all the attributes that we apply to it. It's kind of contextual to Elohim, like sheep and like deer. When you put it in its sentence, that applies the attributes to it. And that's what's really fascinating about understanding the originations of the languages. So you have Yahweh Elohim being the original Elohim that created everything else. And then the lesser Elohim are created beings that are on the unseen realm, higher than the angels, but less than God. Um, like, uh, for example, they, they're referenced inside the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, they're called the Watchers, right? Uh, again, if you go to Genesis uh, 6, 1 through 4, you know, it references them as the Beneha Elohim, the sons of God, right? So... Okay. <laughs> I, I got nothing. So, <laughs> so two things, because when I drink more than I should, my thoughts come in twos. Um, first thought was when you mentioned Christianity, you said Catholicism and Orthodoxy didn't include Protestants. Oh, Cheap jab. You're in trouble. Cheap oh, I, in trouble. I apologize. It's okay. No, I, don't I just like to put that in there. Um, I guess I'm just re referencing <laughs> things that are older than 300 years. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, go ahead. There's a knockout blush. <laughs> okay. I can just step back and watch. <laughs> but my other thought on the, you know, on, on the language of that was, and this is just, you know, I mean, this is my own thoughts on it. Um, what if it just took at a certain point of our human development to actually, because uh, you mentioned the other cultures around the same time mm -hmm. started getting the same concepts at the same time. And then, you know, we finally made it from a point where it wasn't just oral culture anymore, but that we, oh, wow, if I take this stone and write on another stone, I can write something. Yeah. And then it finally got to that point where our ideas at that point all coincided with other cultures. And then we figured out we can write this stuff down. So it would make sense to me that the ideas would still be the same because. Well, again, I think it's fascinating. And not saying that, that it's truth or not. I'm just saying oh yeah. that it just seems to be consistent with our human development at the time as a young. Assuming that it is true in, yeah. in, your, in your perspective, which, you know, is the more likely scenario, I, I feel. Um, who's to say where that influence or that knowledge came from? And I think that's where, oh, well, if we can't figure it out, it must be. Yeah, let's mm -hmm. write it in this book, right? <laughs> you know? And I know that's kind of a, uh, a terrible way to look at it, you know, very negative, but there's no... If we're, if we're making hypothesis, let's, yes. let's stay in the world of fiction, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, to, to make hard lines and say this is, I mean, it's how you believe it happened, but is it how it happened? We don't know. I like, I like the, you know, your, your viewpoint of it is like, you know, uh, different cultures all developing the, the thing at the same time. I mean, you can, you can look at that in like etchings and, and caves or whatever. Oh, there's the comet. Everybody experienced that at the same time. Now, that's mm -hmm. pretty 
really broad. Yeah. But, you know, of somebody walking from town to town in the same kind of time frame. And, oh, fire. Look at this. Let's get a, let's get it'll a, catch on. Let's get a, a feminine perspective on that. What do you think, Kendra? Kendra, Kendra, Kendra. Come on, step it up. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, what do you think of the specifically speaking about the the uh, spiritual worldview of the Old Testament and the common mythos among all of the people? Where do you see that? I'm really not sure. I um, I was in our <laughs> um, I was I was in our group this morning, and I at the time was just looking around and replicating about. most reluctance from some of the people was like them saying, what do you mean? How is it that there could be other gods? And there's just there's just one God, right? And going through in the text, I think they were kind of in awe, you know, finding the relation um, throughout I, like I know in the text in Genesis they make the most out of a lot of it is revisited in Genesis and um, you know to think <laughs> there is one God, but there is one God. <laughs> and um, I how, yeah. how did how did you? I mean, honestly, because you know when, when this when this originally came up, yeah, um, I had never heard of this before, and and uh, me and Mike agreed that in our Catholic Catholic upbringing, the Old Testament was might as well have been uh, you know thrown in the garbage can or lit on fire, so to speak, yeah. you know. Because it was just, it was almost forbidden. It was yeah. like, uh, yeah, don't worry about that. Right. We're talking about today. Yeah. Um, so, so in you, in you finding, so <laughs> yeah, in you finding out um, of this information, and I'm sure it wasn't at this class. Mm -hmm. no. How did you? How? How? What was your reaction to it? How did you feel about that? Um, me thinking, well, sure enough, like, haven't you? Delved, you know, delved into the Bible, and you know, it, for me, is it's it's the reason why um, when the Tower of Babel was built, and um, you know, they're they're praying to a god that all of this destruction took place because they're not serving the one true God. Um, you know, sure enough, there is there's free will that God has given. And um, in trying to serve the wrong God, it, destruction will take place. I mean, that, that, that free will is going to, you know, take precedence. Like, you know, the Lord will look at it as, okay, if this is, if this is your will, if this is what you want, if you want to go in that direction and not serve the one true God, then, you know, okay, it's your, it's your free will. Um, lack of better words, you know, like, let's, let's see what happens, you know, if, if this is the direction that you want to go, um, like, 
take Jonah, for instance, you know? Um, no, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I don't want to do that. I want to, <laughs> you know, I want to do what it is I want to do. Okay, well, you know, if you want to go in the other direction, then okay, we'll see. <laughs> he lands himself in the belly of the <laughs> So if I'm understanding this so correctly, you see it as a social experiment. Well put. So like, so, so again, backgrounding the the spiritual idea of the Old Testament, the, the various gods were put in charge of um, of the people because they rejected God, and so he said, "Tell you what, if you're going to reject me, have these guys because they were the ones that rebelled against him." And so he said, "If you don't want me, take these guys because I know that they're going to suit you." Since you don't want me, you know, and it's, um, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, and they're the ones in Genesis, of course, that would have rebelled against him and then, you know, mated with human females. And, um, again, and I'm not saying all of this is completely literal, but according to their worldview, it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So according to their worldview, this is the reason that this happened. All right. The flood wasn't because people were simply, you know, being bad. It wasn't because there was a couple of homosexuals. It wasn't because there was a couple of guys beating their children. It's because there was literally human beings and angels having relations and creating giants. That is the idea behind why people were wiped out, because they were actually causing damage to what would have been the human DNA. Am I the only one who thinks that's kind of hot? <laughs> We're not bringing anime into this, all right? <laughs> um, but that brings up the idea of the Benaha Elohim, so the, which are the sons of God, and and they would have been the the gods of the foreign nations. Your Dagons, your Molech, your all these guys who literally people would sacrifice their children to, all right kind of gruesome but they they would literally sacrifice their children to these gods i mean they also created temple prostitutes and stuff like that um which is don't we still do that in 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 a way in a way we do when we're talking about wars about uh you know over religion or or you know the um the land of our people you know aren't we still sacrificing children i'm a little disappointed you know in the name of Fill in the blank. I thought you were going to say, you know, Hollywood and the casting couch and how that is a ridiculous thing and how you sacrifice yourself as a prostitute, but we can go there as well. Okay. Same thing. <laughs> right? So. In many ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, isn't it, it doesn't all parlay into the same thing. We still realistically have the same evils. It, yeah, in a way, and I view that as, yeah. because I do believe in a creator. Yeah. Of all humanity. And if there is one, you know, just almost that creator and get them fed up and say, go. That's what you want to do. You do well, it. that yeah. is where free will derives, I believe. Absolutely. And, you know, it, as a father, you could only do so much to raise your children to do the things that, you know, are morally right, you know. But if at some point along the line they want to make their own choices – you know, there's only so much you can do to bail them out. There's only so much you can do to try to get them on the right path. But at a certain point, you know, 
I view it as love to say you're going to have to suffer the consequences. Yeah. You bring them to water. You can't no make them other through. way to learn this lesson unless you can understand and feel that consequence of your own decision. So I can see that. As a quick aside on that, um, mm-hmm. just that, that small point. Sorry, I'm not trying to no, derail no, please, no, please, <laughs> the conversation. Um, when you say you're not having a moral viewpoint and you know, protecting that uh, to your, your children and mm-hmm. you're trying to bring them up that way, um, does that is it necessary? I, I, how should I say this? Um, I know to you it would be, of course, because you're religious. But um, I'm not religious. And okay, well, is it is it is it necessary to have um, an understanding of God or or whatever that may mean in <sighs> order to be moral? Are you able to be moral independent of that? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. That's a fair question. Uh, that's a question that's it's not a safe question to ask yes. in religious establishments. Yes, I know. So I will give you that. <laughs> and it's not one that was ever brought up with me growing um, in the church because, again, you know, it's a taboo subject. Of course. You know, and I, I heard this. There's actually a lot of atheists that I do listen to that I, I appreciate their uh, perspectives. And one of them is from the atheist experience who's – I can, his name I can't think of right now, but Matt something. Matt Delahanty. There yes, you go. <laughs> where he was debating a, a fundamentalist Christian who, oh my God, the guy was terrible. <laughs> Matt was just poor eating. representation. Yes, darn <laughs> it, eating this guy up like a buffet, and you know. So he gave his. It was long probably designed that way, just to put your mind at ease. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. This guy, this guy, fully believed what he was spewing out. No, no, no. But I'm saying, uh, whatever, whatever forum that you were looking at, I'm sure it was weighted that way. On oh, it's a full YouTube show. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's actually well done. But the, but the venue, I mean, it's yeah, probably yeah, yeah. like, You're oh, right. we want this guy to win, so we're no, gonna no. make a weaker. No, opponent. Matt. Matt was in a church in a religious context. Mm. Okay. Matt was. He was clearly the minority there. Mm-hmm. And Matt just at one point was like, I think he understood that it didn't matter what argument he gave. There there wasn't going to be any change. So he said, you know what? By all means, and this goes to your question about morality, he's like, if you believing the way you do is going to stop you from raping, murdering, <laughs> robbing your neighbor, Anything that we deem is, you know, in our society, uh, immoral, then believe that. If you're telling me that if you don't believe in the Bible, you're going to do X, Y, Z, then believe in the Bible and do that. But what I'm telling you is, is that I don't believe in the Bible and I can still do X, Y, Z and have the same outcome. So to answer your question, no, I don't believe that I have to have you know, that fundamentalist belief yeah. in that in order to do X, Y, and Z. As a matter of fact, I mean, and this is something you could ask Aaron, you could ask me at any point. There's a lot of things I take uh, uh, issue with regarding biblical stuff and the mm-hmm. Old Testament okay. that I... Especially Old Testament. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and I think any any honest believer would say, wow, this should challenge me is like, there's a couple things yeah. I want you to bring up. <laughs> well, so, no, I, I, I don't mm. think. And, and we haven't raised our kids to, 
to do, you know, just to believe that. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think it would put them on, on a path that I, I wanted to hopefully see them end up. Yeah. Okay. And so I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I think it was an affirmative. Yeah. <laughs> but I could have just said yes, Gumby. <laughs> no, no, no. On, on the Catholic perspective, though, on what he just said, we would say it's because God actually imparts not only whatever your free will is, but it also puts a seed of God's own personhood inside of each individual. And so every person has a spark of God's positive nature. And you actually have to oppose that internally in order to do things against your nature. So from a, from a, from a Catholic perspective, I would say that he has given everybody a conscience. And he has given everybody the spark of his own nature, his own mind. And for you to do, go against that is to do things that we consider immoral. Yeah, because, okay. because let's face it, to give completely honest, on an evolutionary scale, why would you do anything good? Mm, strongest of the fittest, right? Exactly. So if, if you think about it... okay. But that's, Absolutes. But that's the here Absolutes. and now. Just, just, just to frame that, yeah. that's the here and now. Uh-huh. That's not the aftermath. So so I think the further you can think down the road, mm-hmm. that's where your morality really comes into play. Yeah, of course, I can knock you I over the that. head and take your wallet, but then what? Yeah. I see that. I see now that. I've made an but, enemy. Yeah. And now I'm in trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and you'll be broke. <laughs> <laughs> it was the wrong but, guy. <laughs> but... <laughs> But if you look at historically, if you look at it, and I'm not saying just Christian, um, I'm saying without religion, you know, let's take your Buddhist, for example. Um, and if you look go to your Japanese country, okay, or even your Chinese country, um, the reason why you simply hold on to the older generations and you cherish them is because of the spiritual endowment they give to the next generation. They pass that on forward. And that's why that's now. If you look at the predominantly atheist countries, they're going downhill quickly. That includes America and other European nations. I was going to bring um, that up because yes. America's uh, trending uh, that way. Yes, and the more atheistic the country, the more they disregard the elder people. And if you and historically, when that happens, you have a downfall of a nation. Whereas if you looked at your spiritual countries. You don't have that. That's a great point. It is a great point, but there is something else to it. I would, I would argue. It's a factor. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm not, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't frame it all around, you know, religion or God or. Okay. Uh, I, I think there's, in 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 society in general, there's, um, doers and takers. All right. And I think, oh, you can almost balance those scales. Of, of what we're talking about yep. with those types. All right. You know, so there's trending to be more takers in this country than there are doers or givers. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's how it's swaying. So, you know, right or wrong, uh, religious or not, yeah. that's, I mean, that's a social so fact. For me personally, that's where I okay, would draw yeah. the distinction between religion and spirituality. I believe there are spiritual people who are not christian at all okay and i, I believe i believe there are 
religious people, the smartest, the most educated, whatever along those lines, Christian people, religious people who are not spiritual, who have no, I, I would agree. S- who have no sense of humanity. I completely. In fact, I I believe that those are the worst in, infractions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I draw a big distinction there. So that's why when you ask me if I'm religious or you made the, y- you know, I'm not. I'm trying to quantify. I don't know right. what I'm talking about, of course. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's okay because th- you know what? That's that's a great that's a great point because a lot of, uh, it, for a lot of people who grew up the way I did, it's it's a scary thing to say that you're not religious because it's, you know, we live in a society today that you're either hated or you're loved depending on what type of sub-label you're under. You know, if you're right, you're left, you're Democrat, you're Republican, whatever, you know. Uh, or you're uh, Trump. Yeah, you know, we're so we're so quick to want to judge someone for not being on our team yeah. that we snuff the humanity out of everyone. Out of everyone. Yeah. And, you, and especially if you try to stay balanced. You're hated the most. Yeah, by both sides, of by course. By both sides. You, oh, yeah. can't, you can't sustain it, of course. So, and that balance, <coughs> to me, is where I believe spirituality resides for people. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. But, I mean, it's, it's a said, label. It's a label yeah. I mean, to say that's the, the spirituality. I, I mean, well, I, I don't feel like I, I take sides, and I'm not a spiritual person, like, you know. Whether it be, you know, in the Bible or, or you know, um, um, rocks that talk to me or, you know, anything to that. But it's well, just... Well, I mean, but do you have a family? Sure. Do you care about your family? You're talking in, like, a wife, kids? No. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. I have, you know, parents, brother, sister. Yeah, ex- sister. exactly. Any, anybody yeah. you care about. Your sister. Okay. So that, to me, is how I'm defining spirituality, is someone who recognizes that there's just more than just my my skin there's more than just my bones mm-hmm. there's something else inside of me that compels me to love someone okay all right so well, so our definitions are a little different i would say community. we're dealing with semantics yeah i would say community yeah okay right. but but it's the same idea i love the concept of community i yeah. do yeah. yeah okay how would you define spirituality kendra So would you, would you define conviction as conscience? Mm, along those lines, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like a zealousness uh, kind of thing? Or I'm not necessarily yeah. talking just like Jiminy Cricket, let your conscience be your guide. Yeah. But, you know, when I think spirituality, I think of, of the spirit. Like, I agree. You know. Exactly. That, that, and that's, I think that's our... Their vernacular here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just to, like in saying it, you know, like my definition of, of spirituality, I guess along the lines of the spirit of God is like leading you. Um, we yeah. all, I don't know, we all have God within us, and you know, it's a matter of do we accept Him or do we not? You know, if we're not, we're pushing Him away in some means, but. Um, Like 
growing up, like I, I grew up in the church, and I learned a lot, you know, through reading and being read to, and you know, Ten Commandments. Um, and I also was in, you know, different groups, like doing things, hands on, helping others. Like mm-hmm. I have a, a local charity, uh, Ronald McDonald House, you know, mm-hmm. and I was always like, yeah, I'm Jamie, you know, let's go, let's let's volunteer at Ronald McDonald House and I would be part of going to nursing homes and things of that nature. Um, I just when I was when I was younger I felt like, okay, this is what what God's people do, you know, they they, they outreach. They go, you know, help the needy, they help those who need it the most or whatever and I would voluntarily be, you know, part of these groups. So first of all pray for people before we headed out, you know, we'd go downtown, we would have collected blankets and things, and then just randomly been passing them out to, uh, you know, men and women on the streets, and we, but we would stop and we'd pray for them first, you know, Um, like spiritually, you know, Lord, prepare our minds for what we're about to do, is there anything that, you know, is, is hard for us to handle, like, you know, especially younger ones who, they might have a, like a a real awakening, you know, go down there and you know some some of the kids would start crying and like wow I didn't realize it was this rough on people, hmm. you know because it's pretty warm weather and it could be warm one day and then they're gonna go shivering the next, you know it's like we're passing out blankets and it's like wow that's 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 touching I I, I didn't know they were hmm. literally <clears throat> laying on the ground and 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 around. You know, the vents and things Steam, where, steamy. Yep. yeah, yeah, where I feel like they're trying their best to keep yeah. warm. They're yeah, they're yeah, intense, yeah. you know, until yep. they get kicked out of the, the area uh, on the street, things like that. I just I had the experience of, of us getting together and you know saying, hey, and, you know, in this effort, Lord, let it be to the best of our ability, and you know, give us understanding, give us give us a peace about what we're doing, but yet help us to mm-hmm. understand the severities that they go through and help us to, to you know, feel what they feel. That's you know? mm-hmm. yeah. Um, sure. yeah. in a sense. So, so that so sense of community you were talking about. Yeah, so if I could just respond to that. I First of all, I think there are a lot of people who are religious, mm-hmm. how we've known what religious, who are that way. People mm-hmm. like you, people like-minded that way who, who do do that. I just know that for me, like, first time that I experienced somebody who was the same way who was not Christian who had nothing to do with religion but yet who was doing the same things that I were doing showing compassion towards their fellow human being I was blown away like you know part of me was like how can no because then immediately I went to quick the question their motivation (laughs) you know yeah why like why do you do this? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was just blown away. And one of the most gentlest person, uh, people I've ever met before who was who was like that, uh, was a, a great musician, too, that I played with, who was actually very well, pretty famous musician. Uh, I won't mention his name, but he was a Buddhist. His name is Gumby. <laughs> oh, jeez. He was a Buddhist, and I was blown away by that. And then I was even more blown away when I found out he used to be an evangelical Christian. Mm. And 
but he he still he still had that same empathy for humanity and and was a was a doer he was not a taker so it was it was all right leave these ideals in the rear view but the ideals didn't know i know what humanity yeah and that's a far greater cause i think so for him it was like whatever whatever it took to get him to that point to make him a doer to give to people to help people is what it took for him yeah sure that person who they've been They've been locked up in, in prison for the past five years. Exactly. You know? yeah. You'd probably find and the most spiritual people out. there. And they're the most grateful. Like, you know, I have no lease on life. I, I have nothing more than to try to, you know, reach out to people and, yeah. and give back. And I'm just going to keep on being in my element and not mm-hmm. stuck. And, you know, I, I, I'm not the type of person who mm. thinks it's above, you know, anyone who doesn't have a, a background and But I, I don't put it beyond anyone to, you know, to be a, yeah. to be a giver and like speaking of this the other day, I don't even know if you're and here I go my coupon because you know we've got kids and I hear this like entertainment type book and I'm like woohoo you know gonna get four bucks off and <laughs> when I was down there they they've got bread at eight eight dollars a, a loaf and Oof. so I'm getting I'm getting two where do you shop <laughs> the West Side <laughs> Market. <laughs> Eight dollars a loaf. Beachwood? Bay Village? Quality, quality bread. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no added It's laced with gold. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <So. laughs> there was platinum in the wrapper. <laughs> so my coupon got me four bucks off, and I, I stood there, and I, like, I had went to a couple of vendors and, and used my credit card, and I stood there, and I requested the bread. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll get that. This is great. Oh, by the way, I have a coupon. Okay, okay. This gentleman was fantastic. And I was like, wait. You uh, better be. Do you guys only take cash? And he's like, yeah, well, you know, he uh, he said, go go ahead and take your change back to me. And he didn't know me from anyone else. You know, I'm like, well, you don't know me. Like, wow. you're, you're willing to just let me walk off with the bread and, and you know, come on back. He's, he's like, pay me back when you can. And I thought, really? That's rare. That's very so, rare. me being me, I was like, oh, I, uh, I need to hurry up and get him the money. But, you know. I'm not going to go to the ATM and then charge me four bucks and then across the street to the guy behind who brought it back right away. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, thanks. But I wasn't going to forget and, you know, remember it a yeah. year later. And <laughs> well, a lot of those markets yeah. are building reputation, too. Yeah. So. I I just am okay. like, okay. I'm not the type of person who I'm going to just walk off and be like, oh, But okay. there's still that leap. There is. In there that, is. In that immediate transi- uh, transaction, there's... Mm-hmm. There's a leap. Well, if you remember that tsunami that happened in, in Japan, where it knocked out like all of Japan, <laughs> um, who was who were the first responders? And they announced this. Believe it. They announced it on CNN. Who were the first responders? I'm going to go out on a limb and say the United mm. States. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. No. I thought we were going somewhere patriotic. The first responders. <laughs> they were already. They were already in Japan. Who were okay. the first responders? Would I know? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, help me, sir. It was the Yakuza. The Japanese oh, mafia. Right? The Japanese mafia. The Yakuza were the first responders. And they were out there on the streets taking care of everybody who was in need. So 
And this is, they're known. I mean, literally, literally, the news stations said it's the Yakuza out there taking care of them. I have Um, to believe, though. So. Not to be a naysayer, the uh negative person in the room. Right. But I would feel like there was a ledger. (laughs) Do you remember when we took care of you that day? (laughs) You owe me now. You know what I'm saying? Because that is... I a, know what you're saying. That is not a saying. moralistic but, organization. <laughs> you understand? But, well, <laughs> if, you, if you think of it, though, if there's no people, there's no way to make money off I'm probably off. on a list now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> if there's no people, there's no way to make money off of. So, yeah, there is that. Right. But it is self-serving. <laughs> it, well, I, I don't think there but, was a greater but there purpose is, for that. But there is... There was, wasn't a selfless act, yeah, is my point. My, my, well, my point is, even among the Yakuza... There is a sense of we have to take care of everybody else, because if we don't, if we don't take care of them, they won't take care of us. So there, sure. there, there is even among them, and among the most cutthroat of all of you know the mafia organizations, even then there is that sense of not just a national pride, but also uh, if we don't take care of the fellow man, karma's going to bite us, right? So I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't think. Um... The, the framework you're putting it in is quite correct. Well, again, because there was something on the back end that they were, I, gonna, they were looking again, at. Again, this is just Chris's opinion. We're this just is, saying this is this is my opinion. <laughs> Anybody's going to be marked. Yep, yep. Just a, just okay. a note. I'm going to say that I spoke very highly of them. Yes. <laughs> we love Japan. That's true. That's true. Everybody's off of uh, off of the spit, but me. <laughs> right. But I think this has been a great. I spoke very highly of the Akaza. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been a great distinction, though, between spirituality, and that's kind of how I view it. Join us for the rest of the conversation, part two.